Blog Talk Radio. The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron. A podcast featuring Elvira Love and Deborah Voith, two out-of-the-broom-closet professional witches with over 70 years' combined experience of making magic. This is a show on the LMC radio network. During each episode, Elvira and Deb will help you create rituals, cast spells, make potions, and much more besides. They'll spend time speaking about different goddesses from all over the world, paying attention to the ancient reverence of long-ago cultures, and infusing it with a modern perspective. Elvira, Deb, take it away. (laughs) Hello, Elvira, and hello, Nagashiva. Hello. And hello, listeners. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, So, we are the Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron, and uh, tonight we will be talking about a topic that we had intended to talk about um, at the last um, session, but ran into some technical difficulties. And so that topic is um, Ancestor Elevation to Heal Self and Descendants. Um, But first, we're going to take a few minutes just to catch up with each other and um, kind of get back into sync. <laughs> um, so yeah. I'm, what have I been up to lately? Um, let me start with that. Uh, what have I been up to? Where am I at? Um, so it's really been a couple of weeks and, um, you know, with the rebroadcast over Samhain um, and then with the technical difficulty. So, it just seems like for me, anyway, the past couple of weeks have been kind of chaotic and um, a little challenging. Um, we had the witch's ball, which was a little strange and unusual, but <laughs> but that's okay. Um, I did a lot of tarot readings. I got to connect with a few fellow witches that I had not seen for a while. Um, I worked it all through state a little bit, doing tarot readings, past life journeying, and soul retrievals. Um, and did like the usual things, you know, just um, spell casting and spiritual work and um, making candles and stuff like that. And although it kind of seems like lately I've been setting more um, lights for uh, fam, like more than usual setting lights for family and friends because people have been asking me. So I think that I might not be the only one going through some yeah. recent challenges. Um <laughs> I've been yeah. kind of calling upon Archangel Raphael a lot. Um, and then, um, what else? Oh, a couple of just the mundane things, you know, um, taking down Halloween decorations and doing yard work um, and having problems and having to go to the dentist. So that hasn't been fun. Um, and then just, uh, I just thought I'd, put this question out there. Somewhere in the middle of the last couple of weeks, 
I was drink, uh, drinking a little too much of the blue lotus tea. And um, so if anyone's not familiar with that, it's um, supposed to enhance dreams. Um, it's uh, good for lucid dreaming and stuff, and, which it is. But I think if you drink too much of it, is not, or especially for me, it's not good. Because um, I have that kind of personality where uh, a little is good. Um, well, maybe more is better. But in this case, more is not better. <laughs> right. <laughs> because the tea right. does enhance lucid dreams, but it also made me feel kind of hungover and fuzzy-headed. And so it's like, eh, I'm going to pass on that. Um, I did not like that at all, that part at all. So no more blue lotus tea for me. Um, but how how's your um, past week or two been, Elvira? <laughs> Well, um, I did say chaotic. I would say chaotic. It's been um, the energies, the the dynamics of people, you know, clients, situations, you know, obviously um, my granddaughter had, uh, they did a choir singing for the Veterans Day, but they didn't do it on Friday. They did it on Monday, this, yesterday. And Mm -hmm. I was able to go and listen and be there to support her. And so was my daughter and my ex, who is a Vietnam veteran. Um, And it was really nice. It was, (laughs) they really (laughs) were great. And the music was, you know, the songs were, you know, obviously, you know, simplistic enough for, you know, first, second graders to to be singing. And it was, but it, it, I don't know, it made me feel... Mm -hmm. Uh, reminded me of of being young and patriotic in the sense of, you know, the things that we did as young kids in our Mm -hmm. school that represented this, this energy. And I was, I don't know, it made Mm -hmm. me, it made me really smile and not just externally (laughs) inside about, you know, in putting aside all of what, is out there in the world and coming up mm-hmm. with what, you know, is the internal feeling of where we are attached to our country um, mm-hmm. and, you know, all of that. So there was that. And, and, you know, the fact that we had technical difficulties, it was fascinating because Deb and I both were talking mm-hmm. about different things over the last two weeks. And we <laughs> tend to, have different things that happen in our own lives <laughs> that kind of coordinate, but they also coordinate mm-hmm. with the subject matter we're doing. And we both were ready <laughs> to do the show we're doing tonight, but there was mm-hmm. something obviously that we both <laughs> needed to experience per, in a more personal way. And I was laughing <laughs> because obviously that's what happened to me at right today, actually, which I was kind of, you know, a little shocked that it waited this long to happen just before the show. But it was, you know, Mm. moving energy. um, And I'll be talking about specifically some things from my perspective um, Mm -hmm. with regards to stuck energies in our in our emotions and our body but they're attached Mm -hmm. to our ancestors you know and it doesn't necessarily Mm -hmm. always have to be our mom and dad it could be be way before we even have consciousness of the history Mm -hmm. and um that was very interesting for me to have it happen literally uh, a couple of hours before the show 
Um, mm-hmm. But it did. And we, you know, obviously are a little out of sync, but, you know, technical difficulties are part of our world. And we, you know, really kind you of sure are. <laughs> flow with it. So that's kind of yeah. my two weeks without going into a blow-by-blow description of everything. But, <laughs> you know, clients had their stuff, a lot of, mm-hmm. you know, Things And honestly, looking back now, a lot mm-hmm. of them really are related to their own ancestors. Even if we weren't talking about mm-hmm. their ancestors, I could actually mm-hmm. feel that vibration, but it wasn't something I was trying to communicate with them on because of their mm-hmm. immediacy and what they were dealing with. But you can see literally mm-hmm. the whole, like a layer of that out mm-hmm. there. So that's it. That's my yeah. journey for yeah. two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that, you know, it is funny how things seem to kind of mirror, um, like just in day-to-day life ends up a lot of times mirroring topics that we are actually going to be talking about <laughs> at each show. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, tonight's topic um the whole um, ancestral line elevation is that's like a topic that's very dear to me and um and I know that you have some very interesting things to say about it as well um so I was just gonna kind of start out with um just kind of defining what it is a little bit um and some of our listeners might might know already and some of them might not but um you know I think ancestors first of all is um in this case i would um i would say that we're dealing with um ancestors of our bloodline because um the focus that we're putting on this topic tonight is more about um doing um the process and the ritual of ancestor elevation as a way to not only elevate the ancestors but um, to also elevate ourselves and future generations because that energy that's kind of passed down um, from prior generations, you know, can sometimes be a mix of, you know, um, dysfunctional ways, you know, thought patterns, dysfunctional behaviors. Um, and I think that those really get encoded into the family line sometimes. And um, and so doing the ancestor elevation, um, and there's I'm sure there's a number of different ways to do that, but um, just going through that process of doing it actually um, changes the energy um, within your family line. And it's such a gift then to pass on to, um, to your kids and the children that come after that. Um, and so I think that, um, one thing I was thinking about, um, regarding ancestors is, um, I know that some people will, you know, um, talk about, um, like other types of lineage ancestors, like perhaps they might be, um, uh, teachers or, uh, people that came before us that were diviners or, uh, witches or, 
Reiki masters or whatever, um, mm-hmm. and we'll honor them, um, and, which is fine. I mean, there's that's a wonderful thing to do too. But I think in this case, what we're focusing on more is dealing with that bloodline, um, that inherited um, DNA, and the traumas and the you know the wonderful things that also come with that whole inheritance. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And so uh, another thing I was thinking about is that um, in pagan practice, we often hear about like one of the best ways to begin aligning um, with a goddess or a deity is to start researching them and to get to know their story. And the same is true of connecting with your ancestors. Um, you know, who are they? Um, some of us might be well-informed and have a lot of history that's been passed down to us, but I'm sure there are many of us that know next to nothing about our ancestors. Um, so I think that, you know, just starting to get information on who they were, um, digging into the research and getting to know what was going on at that time and place where they lived and died um, can help you get like a sense of historical context. Doing that will also give you kind of like a truer sense of who they were. Because if you're only looking at them through the lens of present of the present day, you're going to have a distorted view of their actual journey through life. Um, <clears throat> and so we all have saints and sinners in our lineage. Um, and I actually thought that I would find more sinners <laughs> than I did um, <laughs> when I started looking, you know. I was kind of um, kind of surprised, but, you know, it's always best to start your research with yourself and then move backwards generation by generation. Um, and there's, you know, online sites that you can use um, to get information. Um, and I don't know, there, I did have some really kind of cool um, finds in, in my journey. I even like watching some of the PBS shows on ancestry research. Um, so, and I don't want to, I could go off topic um, <laughs> or not off topic, but off on another branch of it, you know, just talking about what I found in my own, but that's not really the focus of what we're talking about. And so I believe that the ancestor elevation ritual, the way that I use it, um, I think the bones of it um originated as a spiritist practice, um, you know, Kardecian, um and, and, and it's usually, it doesn't always have to be, but it's usually performed uh, traditionally over a nine-day period of time, much like a novena. Um, and I remember when I first did it, it was, um, there was, I couldn't find any blogs or articles or anything online to research it. Um, when I first started this practice and I found one pagan practice article and I tried to find it when you and me were originally talking about it because I was going to send you the link. And when I went online, I realized that there was a number of um, people who had written about it um, since I was last looking, which was probably back like in 2014. Um, And so I, I couldn't find the original article, but shortly after this, Lucky Mojo came out with a book uh, called Deliverance by Kai Armand, and that has, uh, there's a great ritual in there. Um, 
and I got to put a plug in. I also cover ancestor elevation in my in the last book I wrote called Illuminated Veil. So anyway, um, the ancestor elevation rituals used to conceal and uplift any lost or uneasy spirits within your ancestral line. And um, I think that you're, it's a commitment. Um, whether you do it for three days or nine days, you build on that energy every day. And your, um, like your love and your compassion fuel the work. Um, and those are really the things that I think are probably the most transformative. Um, mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I... Um, so it's thought that like taking these measures to heal and elevate the ancestors, um, that you can clear away or release or transform a lot of the unwanted energy patterns that might be in your family line. Mm-hmm. Um, and once those are removed or transformed, um, these patterns, then they're not carried into, they're not carried any longer by you or by future generations. Um, so I um, I can kind of talk about, I guess the way that I would do an ancestor elevation, um, mm-hmm. I, I'll tell you, I, um, when I do it, I like to incorporate visionary magic so that I kind of have one foot in the physical realm and the other foot in the spiritual realm. So I always think of it, it's like a, uh, a form of spiritual multitasking. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's a good way. <laughs> you know, um, so um, I just recommend before you start that you communicate with your ancestors and any other helpful spirits, you know, ask them for guidance and, and help, you know, for them to help you uh, and to aid your work. And um, so, you know, create a sacred space, you know, or at least cleanse the area and get it ready and gather your supplies. Like I usually use um, a candle, a dish of water, some incense, um, and books. You need to use something to stack so that you can um, have that, you know, um, symbolism of rising. And so um, I'll usually use... um, eight or nine books. Some people I've heard use bricks or other things that they can stack on top of each other. And then I use that as my little platform and I put it in the center of my altar. Um, Another thing that's good is to have like photos of your ancestors. Um, Some people like to have a little graveyard dirt if they can get it. Um, Maybe a vase of flowers. And so... I recommend just kind of creating your ritual um, and writing it out ahead of time. Um, I mean, you can just speak from the heart. Some people are more comfortable doing it spontaneously, but um, I know how I am, and I like to have something written out um, with some different options in it. And just um, it, it, the ritual itself is very simple. Um, Another recommendation is you might want to use symbols and prayers that align with what your ancestors were familiar with. Um, mm-hmm. So if you have a bunch of um, Baptists <laughs> in your family line, you know, um, you might want to 
you know, set set it up to align with that. Um, the way that I do it is that um, after I get set up, um, I'll go through the process of grounding and centering and surrounding myself with protection. And then I'll go, you know, I'll get into an altered state, you know, meditate and kind of go into vision and connect um, and sense myself connecting with them, with my ancestors through the veil. And when I do that, I see myself with one foot in the physical realm and one foot in the astral. And then at that point, I call upon my creator, you know, whatever aligns with your beliefs, higher self, God, goddess. And I invite all helpful spirits, um, like ancestors, um, those that are, you know, easy in spirit, angels or any other allies that can come help and guide the ritual. You know, I I figure all the spirits that are benevolent are going to aid and power up my work. Um, And then after I have that in place, I'll call in all the ancestors that are lost or uneasy or restless, and then I'll make a statement of why I called them in. Um, Basically, you know, to be healed and elevated. And so I offer uh, the water to soothe all emotions. I offer the incense to calm all thoughts. And I light the candle at that point to guide them. And I ask that all their bonds, all their traumas, all their fears be released. And then um, I ask that they be filled with healing, light, and grace. Um, And then I make an offering. And by that, I mean um, anything that kind of aids in elevating the energy. So I might play music or recite prayers. Or sometimes I'll just speak from the heart. And then as I do all this, um, I just have dropped into my heart chakra, that heart energy, and I feel the power and the love building with each of my actions and intentions. And when that energy kind of reaches its peak, um, I ask that the benevolent ancestral spirits reach through the veil to the uneasy, lost, or restless spirits and, and to draw them across. And then I start to close. I thank all of the spirits um, and close the ritual. And then I repeat the process the the next day. And I try to do it pretty much the same way because I I feel like it builds an energy each day. And, you know, it's funny because I usually, every year I do it around um, Samhain. um, Mm -hmm. And I I do do it for the the nine days. And, it can be quite, um, I mean, quite emotional. Um, especially the first couple of years I did it, it's just like all of the emotions and the fear and the, you know, um, hardships and stuff like that just kind of like really <laughs> um, manifested as I was going through this. And um, it really helped. I thought that I did like a bit of research before and just to get a feel for who they were and just, right. um, you know, um, yeah. So it was, it was the first couple of times I did it, it was overwhelming. It just, um, there was a lot of, um, I almost felt very melancholy after the first couple of days. Um, 
But, you know, and that, but that did, it got lighter. I could feel it get lighter each day that I did it. Um, and so then, you know, the next day you add another book or whatever you're using to stack on your platform to the center of your altar, you know, stack it on top of there. And then because you're raising it up each day that mm-hmm. you do it. Um, mm-hmm. And it just, um, <laughs> it, it's really uh, quite a lovely way to do it. I know some people will do it a little different where they'll start out on the floor and maybe do it on, you know, different um, other things that they can, where they can stack things higher. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I, I like doing it um, right on the altar there. So, <laughs> wow. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah. that's very profound. And I know, um, when you first mentioned it, I was like, wow, that's, that's incredible. And, you know, different, different versions of that, you know, becomes personalized. But I think at this point we're at, you know, we're like looking at it going, wow, that's, you know, you take that as a jumping off point and you move according Mm -hmm. to what works for you or how you feel. But yes. Um, yeah, I, I when you talked about it when we were discussing the subject, you know, the subject matter, I was like, wow, and you know, mm-hmm. thought about it, you know, after we got off, and you know, I have a different version of where I go, but it was <laughs> fascinating for me to hear this because I was like, oh my god, mm-hmm. this is, this is, you know, because some people feel better doing it this way than maybe the way mm-hmm. I'm discuss about it, but um, <clears throat> yeah, I think it's great. I love yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it just, you know, I really sense that it it breaks those chains that have mm-hmm. held those spirits. Like the whole vibration changes, and um, and I think that as you do it, you can feel your own energy becoming lighter and um, mm-hmm. and raising um, itself. So. Um, yeah, so I, you know, I really recommend if anybody has um, any, yeah, I mean, you can do it <clears throat> just as a way of venerating your ancestors and just, um, you know, um, cherishing them. Um, but if you have, as most of us do, you know, any um, any spirits in your uh, family lineage that you think might be struggling or might be lost or um, fragmented. Um, it, that's just a wonderful way to um, to elevate them. And um, you know, you can. Um, there's so many other things I can add to this, but I think um, we are getting very close to our little break time here. So um, yes. Unless there's anything else you want to add real quick. No, no, I, I think you've done a beautiful job and, <laughs> and we, you know, our, our break is like looming at us. As it is our, looming. It is looming. <laughs> like a big bubble above, above our heads. All righty. <laughs> well, we will now break. <laughs> You're listening to The Witch, The Priestess, and The Cauldron, a radio podcast on the LMC Radio Network. Stay tuned as more magic is coming your way right after these messages. 
You're listening to the LMC Radio Network, broadcasting out of Forestville, California, on the World Wide Web at LuckyMojo.com. The LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include the Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rootwork Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman, Sundays, 3 to 4.30. Mystics, Mages, and Magical Places with Reverend Art and Reverend James, Mondays, 4 to 5.30. The Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain, in syndication, Tuesdays. The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Deborah Voigt, Tuesdays, 4 to 5. The Now You Know Show with Professor Porterfield, in syndication, Wednesdays. And The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Miss Phoenix LaFay, in syndication, Thursdays. All time specific, add three hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. We're back. <laughs> yes, we are. We are bouncy and bubbly. <laughs> we are. We are. Yes. 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 <laughs> yeah. So we're going to jump back into our topic tonight, which is ancestral line elevation. Um, and I, we're going to have Elvira lead off here with some of her thoughts and experiences. <laughs> well, um, it's interesting because... When I came on my path, you know, there are different things that I, you know, started out going through and, you know, uh, training and with people. But I found through a series of unique experiences um, to work with a kahuna in Hawaii. And um, <clears throat> I was looking at it for an emotional uh way of clearing my energy and, you know, moving Mm -hmm. energy, you know, and because my background was in breath work and, you know, the way you move your, you know, you move the trauma out of your body Mm -hmm. in present moment with, you know, Mm -hmm. the the Reiki and work that my father did and trained me in. um, This became a fascinating journey because it's, there are a lot of people that, you know, uh, will know about it through Serge King and these others. Kahu Abraham was the um, navigational kahuna that I studied with. But it's, um, the whole purpose was you move your body and you do the breathing. And by doing that, what you do is you, those energies take and move the trauma that is in your body and shifts it. But it also mm-hmm. goes to the ancestors because, um, as it was described to me, they're sitting there mm-hmm. cheering you on because <laughs> they have their stuff that they know, you know, trip them up. And we carry our DNA mm-hmm. from our ancestors and our different lineages. And so... You know, it isn't just, oh, I get this, you know, I get heart disease from family. Well, there is also the concept (laughs) of what heart disease represents, you know, in the heart and, you know, all those symbolic things. I'm not saying, I'm saying that there are real physical issues and real physical, uh, physiological problems, et cetera. But Mm -hmm. what we do is 
generations store up these things and we can take the energy and clear them and in our way we clear it through our bodies and then our descendants are the ones that clear Mm. out on their side now the other part of this is that what we do is for Mm -hmm. our line so it is they are then responsible to clear out their the paternal side, if it's us or if it's the, the male that's doing mm-hmm. it, the maternal side. We can only do it for our lineage that we give to our descendants because that's our lineage. That's our yeah. DNA going to them. But mm-hmm. that also gives them uh, a, what we would call a boot up, so to speak, to be mm-hmm. able to change the vibration and move quicker the stuff that came from the other parent and their ancestors. So it, it never leaves you with a locked-in feeling like I'm stuck with this situation. So mm-hmm. um, basically, you know, the idea is even, even other cultures, we have the Sufis that do the spinning. We have yoga, again, breathwork and movement. Tai Chi, mm-hmm. breathwork and movement. And these mm-hmm. all shift the body and the energies that are stuck and where you move them. So you're in all of these traditions, and there are others, that do this, it's Mm -hmm. um, through a formalized uh, process in one form or another. So um, they basically called it flying. Um, It was based on, for the navigational concept, there was a certain Mm -hmm. Hawaiian bird that they would watch and that was the way the energies moved to navigate them across the seas mm-hmm. along with the stars. And, of course, what we're talking about is navigating the energy pathways in our body to clear it and thus the ancestors. So what you, you set it up is you, you basically are about movement and breath. Mm-hmm. And it can even be slight. Now, that's the interesting part is thinking of this you think of it as this figure eight. You're the center in that figure eight crossover point. Uh-huh. One loop is your ancestors and one loop is your descendants. And so oh. what you're doing is traveling the path up and around and back with the ancestral energies and then allowing mm-hmm. it to move forward and loop around again. So you, you have that kind of movement of why you do your breath you know, the in and the out and why you, what your movement is. So there's this, this concept of like back and forth or spitting again in the Sufis um, and even again in, in yoga, certain positions and holding your breath and then moving it or the same thing in Tai Chi. So, um, and it will move. It will do layers. And, you know, we have negative thoughts in our present day and you need to move that energy literally mm-hmm. through ourselves. So, you know, one of the things that I, you know, have talked about and kind of moved it into a more modern version is mm-hmm. um, you go out and you do deep breaths and, and you, you know, you do walking. You, you do things that you can take your movement and start that flow so that you do it. So it's more of a instead of a ritual that you specifically do on a specific Mm -hmm. time frame, you do it consistently on, you know, when you, when you start to feel 
um, locked in. Now, I mentioned at the beginning what mm-hmm. happened with me and the the way that today kind of came up is there was some stuff that mm-hmm. was coming up. I was feeling, I could feel myself just tensing in my body and there was just like this mm-hmm. energy of like, yeah. And so I basically went in and I put some music on that would be fluid enough and did the flying mm-hmm. technique and then went and did some yoga. And then mm-hmm. what happened was is it released and I started to cry and I just allowed myself mm-hmm. to cry. It didn't matter. I didn't, you know, it wasn't about what I was thinking. It was just crying, letting that energy out and then taking mm-hmm. some deep breaths and going through the process of grounding and then, you know, kind of breathing and letting everything kind of flow. And it was like I could feel this mm-hmm. whole um, sense because what had triggered it was feeling unempowered and feeling I was uh. not going to be able to do whatever this thing was that I was being challenged to do. And again, oh. think of what your ancestors went through depending on <laughs> what was going on and where they were feeling unempowered. So it was a nonverbal way of dealing with what this energy was locked into. And, mm-hmm. you know, I bear the name of my grandmother, and my grandmother had a, you know, I mean, she came over <clears throat> in the late 1800s. She was, um, she wound up doing some things that basically a lot of women during that time frame did to try and find mm-hmm. stability, and then the guy died and left her with, you know, four children, mm-hmm. and... um mm-hmm. So she had to take care of this at, you know, the turn of the century. And um, the anger and the bitterness, and when I got to be in this world and know her, um, she was bitter. You could feel that anger, Mm -hmm. and I never felt, you know, um, comfortable. And so bearing that name Mm -hmm. has been difficult, which humorously I say, <clears throat> I have changed oh. my name through spiritual ways to the point where um, I think I've been called the woman who had the most names when we went for graduation, when we went for a class reunion. Um, but I came back, but I changed how I spell it. And so mm-hmm. Elvira is spelled with an I in both the, the um, Italian and the Spanish mm-hmm. traditions. I spell it with a Y because there is a shift of energy and mm-hmm. that allows it. But you, you realize that um, even just sitting and mm-hmm. doing a figure eight with your hands and breathing can do it. It doesn't require as much big movement. It's just concentrated breathing and moving that allows that shift. And I think for us in, you know, the way we see things is we, if we do something Mm -hmm. big and dramatic, Mm -hmm. it will happen, you know, (laughs) and um, it's funny because the other thing that I have learned and I use it a lot with my clients and I know it's, Mm -hmm. again, it's been utilized because of the popularity of certain people that have brought it out is called Ho'oponopono. And that's basically a healing of anything, really, between you and another person. 
But if you're going to do this for an ancestral line, what you do is you basically can do it. It's the liminal time. So like before you go to sleep and when you're just waking up, you you basically Mm -hmm. go into this breathing technique of slow breath and you visualize yourself sitting in a chair and there's another chair opposite you and what you see is this this blue white light that starts at your feet and goes around your right side and around you behind you and then goes and crosses over and goes around the chair and crosses over and you do this with your ancestors by calling in your an ancestor ancestral mm-hmm. line it doesn't you know you don't have to mm-hmm. you know some people i have pictures i have no idea what their names are because they're tin types mm-hmm. so i call them in uh, and i basically wow. sit them there and and what you do is you put your hand your left hand on your heart and you say with your right hand facing them i forgive you and then you put your hand your right hand over your left heart i forgive me i forgive uh the situation, opening your hands up as a gesture of openness. You do this three times. Oh, my God, that sounds so powerful. (laughs) It's just that simple. Sorry for jumping out. I just had to say that. (laughs) Yes. No, it is, and it is so powerful. And what you do after you do that, you just let them sit there, and they then let them just kind of dissolve out, and then the little Mm -hmm. line will go back from the from the center, go back around behind them, cross over, mm-hmm. come back around you, cross over, come up as a little flame, and then just go poof. And then you start to breathe to bring <laughs> yourself into the present moment so that you have done your ritual and mm-hmm. you do that, you know, as I say, at the liminal state. And, you know, there's, mm-hmm. there, again, this is a very simplified version, modified mm-hmm. for this purpose. Otherwise, the traditional way has a whole other part, so I'm not saying this is a traditional ho'oponopono. Mm-hmm. It is of that nature to utilize in this mm-hmm. process of ancestral cleansing and elevation, and thus it mm-hmm. cleanses you because you're part of this. And that movement of, of the, 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 the mental and the emotional and the, the breathing mm-hmm. is the physical clears that and for you as a person you know you then get up and you you can you know do other things in your life and sometimes you can just stand in front of your ancestor altar and look at Mm -hmm. them and do the same thing it's it's that those those energy patterns that you're creating with the breath work and the hand Mm -hmm. movement again remember i said about simple things like hand movements are that, mm-hmm. that you move it. So I feel that these things are part of a way to do it, just like prayer. You know, the mm-hmm. one thing that we, we also do is, you know, prayer, and it basically pulls the energy out and releases mm-hmm. negativity by, by bringing prayer in. And, I mean, some of the simplest things that I have been um, aware of is, you know, even like collages, you know, when you do collages and, and you do those, you know, you get the pictures and you do things, it's, you're creating that energy shift. And um, obviously, 
I even start doing it when I crochet and I didn't, you know, I never liked knitting even though I learned it, but crocheting uh-huh. actually <laughs> is a um, an energy pathway of moving mm-hmm. your hands and breathing and doing all that, that process. And it does mm-hmm. basically um, balance your right and left hemispheres in your, phys- you know, in your real physical brain energy mm-hmm. patterns. So it's all these things can be utilized with that concept over and above the traditional, as I said, the more, you know, structured reference points of, of that. But it was, <laughs> it was fascinating because when you and I started talking, I suddenly realized mm-hmm. how much I had been doing this ritual kind of work without even thinking about it because... <laughs> You know, I know it's a formal thing. We put a circle together. We put candles. We put the elements. We do that. I love doing that. Mm-hmm. I've, I've, I've gloried in it. But this was just like a big aha on how much that, because it changes the vibration and mm-hmm. pulls out the negativity just, you know, and then what you do is you have the next level. You, you bring yourself up that that next level of the spiral of energy. And do you find that, like, the the more that you do it, um, taking that action and doing that breath, um, that the more powerful or the more um, uh, stronger that it flows? Yes. Yes. You can feel it. You know, just yeah, like that's I fascinating. Today, today was, you know, I mean, let me put it to you this way. In training, we would do three mm-hmm. hours straight of the, of the movement. Just, you know, oh and my. you think about mm-hmm. how many people, you know, do yoga and how long mm-hmm. you do Tai Chi. And, you know, meaning there's mm-hmm. this, this consistency of energy that you do. Well, yes, mm-hmm. but it was weird because I only did about maybe 15 minutes of whatever it was I was doing. And mm-hmm, it hit mm-hmm. a level, and it, it it moved the energy. And I think that's because of the consistency that you do it in a mindful manner. Mhm, mhm. So. Yeah, and yeah, and I think just the um, the principle of you know doing it over and over again builds upon itself and becomes yeah. stronger. Um, yeah. The one thing I. I've never had that kind of training, but it sounds just wonderful. But I just, um, the only thing that I could think of in that way where I relate to that is um, just, you know, I'm a Reiki person um, and went through all the training and stuff. But just that whole action of where um, you start the process of Reiki. Um, With my teacher, we always just kind of use the, a simple phrase or something to start it. And I always would just say, you know, Reiki on. And I would visualize and sense it coming, you know, into my crown chakra and then going through me. And so um, I remember, um, <laughs> I'll tell you, I've used that a lot, you know, because I've done a lot of Reiki. But I'll tell you the times where I felt it the strongest was when um, I was working in the psychiatric crisis service and we would get a lot of um, violent, um, you know, uh, very troubled um, 
people coming in the door, and I was mm-hmm. the triage person, so I was the first person that they saw. And oh, I would, God. you know, yeah, and there would be times where I'd be like, you know, I would just kind of go to the side for a moment while the police officers were doing whatever they were doing with the person getting them in the door and stuff. And I would just do that breaking on where I would sense that energy coming into me and flowing through me. And that's the only thing. And and it would really, really help. And it really felt very strong to me when I did that. And that's Mm -hmm. the only thing Mm -hmm. I can think of that I do that might be a little similar in some ways. Um, But just that. Taking a you know, taking some deep breaths and you know, mm-hmm. and that whole energy movement is just mm-hmm. so powerful. Um mm-hmm. you said something earlier too about doing it when you were before you fell asleep or when you were first waking up. And I was thinking mm-hmm. that's you're automatically kind of in an altered state at that point. Yes, where you are. um yeah. You're like in the alpha state already. Um, and so I think mm-hmm. probably anything that you do at that time is going to be more powerful because of that. Yeah. Um, yes. Does that, yeah. <laughs> wow. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. This is, um, oh, I, I love what you're, um, what you've been telling us about because I am not familiar with that at all, but it just, everything that you're talking about just just makes so much sense and just I mean it sounds like very simple um but very powerful ways to to move energy right and I right. think and, um it, and isn't it something um isn't it true that like when we are in a place like not a good place we're usually in our heads and I mm-hmm. think that any kind of action you know like physical action, whether it's internal moving the energy or external, go wash mm-hmm. the dishes or something. It it, it mm-hmm. helps to break that. Um, right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> because it's well, you know, I mean, one of the things my mother used to say, and this had nothing to do with what you know that we you know we were talking about right now, but if you were really Mm -hmm. in your head and it was emotional and all this stuff going on and, you know, she goes, Mm -hmm. go clean a closet, you know? And if you think about it, it's a repetitious (laughs) point of reference. If you clean a drawer or closet Mm -hmm. or, you know, and it's almost a metaphor (laughs) for cleaning out your head, you know, of the Mm -hmm. garbage. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I mean, (laughs) that whole thing is, is, one of those quote practical things, but this is mm-hmm. done specifically with your breath. I know that when I was an events coordinator for this large corporation and I was at the division, mm-hmm. um, I would take my breaks and I would, you know, now you're going to tell you how old I was. And I would take my CD player and I strap mm-hmm. it on and a, you know, a little belt and I put my headset on. We had a big, <laughs> large yeah. um, parking lot. <laughs> And I basically would walk that parking lot and I would breathe and I would walk and I would listen to the music mm. and I would, you know, I'd work the, the, the energy with that, that the, the way it was moving because mm-hmm. I was so intensely in, you know, because of the, the, the things we had to, I had to do and the number of events and the, you know, when we did huge trade shows and stuff, I was like, I'm leaving mm-hmm. for five minutes or 10 minutes and I just take <laughs> off and I go, there she goes, you know. 
<laughs> and I'm walking around the thing with the music and kind of just really getting into the, to, you know, that, and I could come back and I could look at the stuff and find, I could find my pattern that I needed to, you know, get back into, but in a much more centered and coordinated way. So it's a way of relieving uh, us of that, that monkey mind. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and you know, Oh, sorry. The, no, go ahead. Uh, the whole thing that you were saying, that process with doing that, um, I can't remember exactly how you said it. Like, I I forgive. I forgive you. You, I forgive me. I forgive the situation. Yes. Wow. It's just, wow. I mean, it's very simple words, but the meaning in them is just, you know, so great. And I, a lot of times, you know, I think that I know for me, I make the mistake sometimes of confusing um, aggression <laughs> of word or aggression of action with uh, power, and it's really not. And that whole thing of forgiveness and going through that cycle of um, getting—I think it, it is a process to get into the headspace or the heart space of granting forgiveness um, is mm-hmm. just really um, so strong and it just really um, is so healing. Um, it, you know, it also makes me think of, you know, with things from the past, um, I can, you know, one thing I can relate to, this isn't a family member, but just being betrayed by someone who I thought was a friend. Uh, this was like 10 years ago. And how, that's like, that hurt so much that I know that I carried that for a few years where I could not forgive it. And, um, but then I realized how much that was actually harming me by carrying that. And so I had to get into a space where I realized that what that person did was not okay, but that I could forgive them and not, not, validate them in any way but I could forgive them as a way to move past it and just to yeah. and to heal myself um yeah. and so that <laughs> that is um I know for me for that thing it was very very hard for me to get to that point I had to realize how much it was hurting me before I was able mm-hmm. to say oh oh, oh. <laughs> I, mm-hmm. I have well, to do something that, different you know. then it's funny, yeah. my, my, what somebody once told me, you know, you can forgive them. You don't have to like them. You don't have to care about them anymore. <laughs> you don't have to deal mm-hmm. with them. You, have to, you can forgive them. And it's, it's mm-hmm. what we, you know, it's neutralizing that energy because that energy hot, keeps you tied to them as much as the situation. And mm-hmm. you've got, and again, thinking back on ancestors, they're tied mm-hmm to all the stuff that happened in their lives and, you know, mm-hmm. bad things and the good things you want to bring mm-hmm. forward, you know, the, mm-hmm. maybe the creativity that your great-great-grandmother did because she was a painter mm-hmm. and it was not time to be a painter as a woman or whatever, um, yeah. you know, so you yes. bring forth that energy. So Yes, yeah. and, and, and part of that I think was just realizing that, okay, Living in the moment, I know that there was nothing I can do to change that past. And so, but that, mm-hmm. but I wanted to leave it there in that past. 
um, mm-hmm. and to mm-hmm. heal myself in the moment and to let go of it. And so that whole forgiveness right. thing, oh, yeah, <laughs> it really, you know, yep. there's a real magic to it. <laughs> definitely, um, definitely. So I know yeah. we're we're probably almost at our time to kind of do closure, so I'm going to turn it back mm-hmm. over to you to kind of set up for next week and all the rest of it. So. Right. Okay. Thanks. Yeah, I um yeah, my head's kind of going all over. This is such a uh, I'm glad that we were able to do it this week and just talk about I'm I'm just fascinated by some of the stuff that you shared that some really really <laughs> cool stuff. <laughs> um well, and so I hope we inspired others and um and we go um onward and upward from this point. So um, so I just want to say, you know, if anybody out there is interested in um, in working with your ancestors, um, you know, take some of the simple, you know, um, ways of um, connecting with them and then um, elevating any of those, you know, rogue, <laughs> uh, restless ones. And, um, and it really is very, you know, such a healing healing thing to do and and you carry it forward you know it just Mm -hmm. I love what you were saying Elvira about just that whole process of breathing and moving the energy um yeah and so um so with that um we will start to end here and um and just want to say to our listeners join us next week for uh a discussion of uh, the spiritual paradoxes of unity and division. Mm-hmm. And until then, we're going to say goodbye. And which on, which well, and which wisely. Goodbye. Blessed be. Bye. <laughs> bye bye. Have a good night. Bye bye. <laughs> Thank you for listening to The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron, a radio broadcast on the LMC Radio Network. Our podcast airs live every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Central, and is available for download. Questions or comments on this show or ideas for upcoming shows can be sent to our website at witchpriestesscauldron.com. That's witchpriestesscauldron.com. Until next time, merry meet, merry part, and merry meet again. Blessed be.